which is why I like the medical niche because everybody can be, I mean, there's a difference in knowledge base and everything with office, industrial, everything like that. But not many people specifically have focused on medical as well. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Brian Perry from HPRG Realty. Today, we are talking about medical office investing. This one gets a bit into the weeds, to be honest with you, but I think that's important because it's a detailed play, right? This is commercial real estate we're talking about. You need to know the nitty gritty if you're going to be successful in medical office investing or in commercial real estate investing in general. And I don't think we've talked about medical office investing on the show in the past. We talk a lot about commercial real estate, but more so, you know, we might talk about multifamily, self-storage, things like that. But we haven't talked about medical office. And I know we have a few doctors who listen to the show and it's a common play for for doctors to invest in medical offices, whether it's the one that, that they locate their practice in or they buy a medical office and lease it out to another doctor, buy a piece of uh, retail real estate and lease it out to other doctors. So need to know the details, need to get into the weeds. And, uh, you know, we get into it today with Brian Perry from HPRG Realty. And uh, yeah, I learned something and I think you will as well. If you're interested in medical office investing, then this is the one to listen to today. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate, real estate syndicator. I buy apartment buildings with passive investors and split the return. Love talking about this topic. Love talking about all new topics in commercial real estate investing. Without any further ado, here we go with Brian Perry. Brian, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to talk with you. Uh, you have some pretty awesome experience and are doing interesting things in the medical space. But, uh, you know, before we get into that, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and your business and, you know, what you do? Okay. Well, um, I arrived, I'm now in Tyson's, Virginia. I work for a company called Health Pro Realty Group. I started with them in January. Previously, I worked in finance at, if some of you know, Fitch Ratings, the very popular company that rated a lot of those bonds uh, in 2009. And, uh, and of course, I'm a veteran, a combat veteran, served about seven years in the New Jersey National Guard. And I'm extremely happy working with, uh, with everything gone on this year. I'm pretty optimistic and happy that, I, that I'm in medical, working with medical professionals and their investments. And it's just interesting work every single day. Cool. Awesome. Well, and today I wanted to learn uh, and help our listeners learn more about the medical office, like business space and the investment space and kind of how that all works, who the typical buyers are and where the money is to be made and, and all of those things. And, you know, can you uh, like, just give us a quick intro into, you know, high level lessons about medical office buildings and, you know, how they work. Right. So medical office buildings, if we, if we, Think about when uh, tenants or you're thinking about putting tenants in a building, typical tenant retail tenants might be one year, five year contract. Almost always with medical, you're looking at 10 year deals. So from an owner perspective, landlord perspective, they this is a safe investment for them to get them in the building, improves the you know cap rate and you know very safe as part of the mix. 
Now, before you didn't always think medical as in a typical retail setting, but more and more um, retailers to hedge their risk are putting uh, medical there and, and people want, um, and a lot of medical, especially dental, want signage. They want people to find them. They don't all want to be in office buildings, but when they are in an office building, so basically officers retail, the landlord, if you're the landlord in an in a office building, you are probably going to give, your, well, you are going to give, get more money to a doctor coming in on a 10-year term. You're going to have to pay them tenant improvements. Um, you're going to have to give them some rent abatement depending on the market. And as you can imagine now, you're getting more rent abatement. The better deals are to be had um, this year. When you go to retail, you're probably going to get half, if that, of the, uh, you're going to have to give ha about half because it's considered retail uh, more um, more desirable, more traffic, more better for people driving by to find you. doesn't necessarily mean it's better. It's just that's how the deal works in retail. So um, usually as a, as a broker, we're going to fight, have to fight a little bit more to get you more money in that scenario, but it usually will not be better than, a, than an office deal going there. And in terms of what is happening, I don't want to get into specifics, too much, but you know, doctors like ownership. People like ownership. They don't necessarily like to lease, uh, even if leasing. You know, sometimes it's the right thing to do. Often it is. It's about ten percent of the doctors, seven to ten percent over time of the doctors' overhead, and their collections are increasing. But their rent is going to increase about three percent. So usually, when they throw their spreadsheets at me to understand the investment, a lot of times we can, you know calm that a little bit. Um, but it's always good to look at uh, look at those numbers to see what makes sense. So back to, okay, so say, so doctors want ownership. There's, for instance, there could be a hospital that, now this is more for a group of doctors if they're going to invest. So they'll come in, they want to take like a whole floor. And sometimes to get the doctors in there, they'll give them an ownership portion of the hospital or, you know, of the a group. And that is an incentive because everybody likes to own something. So that deal won't be as good because it's the most convenient deal. It's in a hospital, you know, you're around the best, you know, like a luxury, like you think it's a luxury to be there. You're going to pay a lot more. So some doctors might form a group and they'll, they'll say, what's near here that we can buy and pay half of what we're going to pay a mile down the road. And they'll get together, but then there's more, there's obviously more risk. The building won't be as new. They're going to have to, to get doctors to come in, you got to pay a lot of money to initially get them in the door. Then you get the 10-year contract. So um, investment-wise, it is very likely to turn out good for them. But it's, of course, more risky to have a whole building and, you know, you're running that building, uh, basically, versus having an ownership piece and the hospital is kind of you know, running a lot of the other things that go on there. So, and then during this period, this is when people, 2020, people are going to be looking for, to do an investment and to, and especially if doctors have experience with investing, they see an opportunity and they're trying to get, they'll try to get their group of doctors to come in because you don't want a building with a bad medical mix. If you don't have a good medical mix, then it's like it makes the building less desirable. People won't want to come. 
So, hmm. so what is a bad, what is a good and bad medical mix? I mean, when I think like say retail, you want to have a great anchor tenant and, and all those kinds of things. Right. Um, but what about a medical <laughs> well, mix? Uh, not a bad tenant. That would be a bad thing to say, but you don't want like an acupuncturist, um, a spa person that does something and then like a, uh, you know, like a cardiologist. It's just a weird mix. You want things to like very, um, to kind of work in, in sync with each other. Uh, you know, an acupuncture, like cardiovascular is very serious. Plastic surgeon is very posh. So you wouldn't want, I don't know, any weird, I don't know, like a, you don't want a weed store, you know, next door. Um, <laughs> when you're, you don't want, you want what you want in the building. And, um, so medical mix, extremely important. Um, if you were to want to invest in this, you would consider that. Um, and, and the negotiation is, you know, negotiation is really about your relationships. If you know people who are representing the owner of the building, it's not always the owner that you're going to be uh, dealing with. It's very um, like, do you have the skills to negotiate down? Do you know when they're being real or when they're, um, you know, what if you give an offer and they don't even listen to you? Because um, a lot of the times people will say they're interested, but they're not. They're like, okay, you're interested. And then they try to give a offer that's, and then they wonder why they never get heard from again. Uh, <laughs> because I don't know if you guys know, but an LOI is not binding. So we encourage people to set, get an LOI in so you can get a response. You'll have a feasibility period to kind of look over, uh, look over the deal and get your ducks in a row, get your investors uh, invested in there. And, and then from there, you can start the process and kind of work it as the deal is going. Um, because a lot of times I'll have information to give you more information about the building. They might bait you with some kind of incentive if you act quicker so you just want to get in the deal. And that's also the challenge of, you know, people like me who, you know, that's our job to move deals forward and not have them sit there like a lump and be like, okay, that's there. What are we going to do here? Uh, but sometimes that happens. A lot of deals will take a year long. The deal you might've gotten at a certain time might be different then. I think the deals in March uh, when things were so dire might have changed. I mean, we're still looking not to be recovered in, in well, probably by mid 2021, something like that. So, you know, it's dynamic, it's a dynamic market. So if you are looking, you're going to want to look who is the broker for that building. You're going to have to look when they bought it, get all the information, because if they just bought it, chances are, if you want to come in, um, you know, and they already have a full building, I mean, chances are they might not be selling it at that time. So, but looking, there's, there's all systems. We use CoStar. I know there's other systems out there, but that's like the main head honcho for us looking in and what's available. So one of the things you mentioned a little earlier on that I think we've talked about in previous episodes where we talk about, say, uh, more retail commercial things like that are things like tenant improvements and, and that kind of a thing. 
And like, why would a business owner for the listeners out there that aren't familiar with tenant improvements, why would they want to you know, give a, a substantial concession like that, um, like a, a tenant improvement? What's the business case for that? Well, the answer, the simple answer is it's what the market dictates. So I don't even want people to think, because I, I have an issue now, um, the market is going to pay this to get them in. Basically, just like we have it when we're looking to invest, they are looking at their numbers. How do we attract you into our location for a 10-year deal? Remember, this is a 10-year deal. It's not a one, five-year deal. Now, if it's a retail tenant, um, a restaurant, somebody that just needs you to put up some drywall or paint the rooms, do there a lot of retail is like, I don't want to give the least amount and then you do with your space what you want. But when you get a medical tenant in retail, they're likely going to stay there for a long time, maybe 20 years, at least 15 because of all the investment they put into that space. So you may think you're giving a lot, but if it costs 120 a square foot for them to get into the space, they're spending a significant amount of money to be there. So to get them to, agree to be in your space. That's, that's become what the market is. And people lose deals if you don't do that because they're, you know, the market dictates it. Now, if you, and now if landlords are all different, if they don't want to pay the market, then uh, you'll end up losing a deal. If you want the deal, it's going to be good for your investment strategy. It's good for your mix. Then, then you need to do that. And a lot of times people will get aggressive uh, landlords will get aggressive. They're like, listen, I want this person in there. Let's, let's get it done. And that's a good thing because you want people to move fast. More you think, the slower you get. Even more you overthink. So I actually want the landlord to, when they're speeding up, that's a good thing because they're not, they're not thinking little by little. Certain landlords will fight you on everything and then they're going to lose the tenant. Then I have to say, um, you know, it's not going to work. Um, but yes, if you are investing, you have to do that. It's the price you pay to get people in your building secured for the length of that term. And it is money that you're putting in in good faith that that tenant's coming in your building and it's going to be there. And you look at your investment strategy um, and look at your numbers. Um, and with rent abatement, same thing, it's market. What's the market for? And you need to look at comparables. You need to talk to or have a broker. Um, it's very difficult if you have a, you should separate residential and commercial brokers for your own benefit. Even if they've been hired a residential to do commercial, you really, you know, you really should have somebody that kind of specializes um, in what you're looking for because medical is more complex. It doesn't mean other people can't sell medical or make a medical deal, but it makes it harder um, for you to get them in there because then you don't know how to convince said investor or landlord um, what needs to happen to get that kind of tenant in there. So if you're the investor, you're probably thinking if you wanted more medical, you're going to want to hire uh, medical brokers which is why I like the medical niche because every, anybody can be, I mean, there's a difference in knowledge base and everything with office, industrial, everything like that, but not many people specifically have focused on 
medical as long. Well, specialization is uh, is a good thing. Now, one of the things I wonder about here, you mentioned a little earlier about like the age of buildings and whether or not things are new. And, you know, we have a, a lot of empty, you know, retail space before COVID happened. And I think, you know, as we move out of COVID, we're going to have even more, you know, empty retail space. And a lot of it is fairly old. Not all of it, but a lot of it's going to be fairly old. And like, how much of that can be like repurposed or reimagined or repositioned as like a, a medical off? Well, actually, one I just I just looked at one that totally reimagined the property. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, like Tacoma Park. Well, they're they they have a new train coming through there. They're uh, they they had a building. I think it was built 1956. That's a long time ago. Yeah. So that means not nasty stuff was going on in that building. Asbestos. <laughs> uh, yes, I didn't want to say it. Because, but so nasty stuff was going on in that building. They've totally turned it around. They have a very fancy doctor in there now, a uh, very uh, big medical group. And that was great to show that somebody else already did some due diligence to see that property. And they've, there's, everybody's looking for that property that's the next to develop because you are right. We are, it does appear we are overdeveloped, but there's a big bet going on in the market that in two years, this, we're going to have this upheaval. And I think the developers develop and then think about it later, you know, start, <laughs> start getting it going. Um, and we have a medical property uh, in Alexandria. That's a brand new spot for doctors, retail space um, that we feel is going to go really quick just because um, there's nothing like that there. So I think you can, but it's location. Location is number one. I, I should have said that in the beginning. Location is number one. And then what's the cost, the replacement cost of, because if you have to demolish, that still costs money. You got to demolish and do all that. Can you reconfigure the building? Is it on a good spot? And, and that's what they'll do if there's an opportunity. Um, and this one's going to be all medical. So, and and you just have to find find them and kind of do your own study of the area. Um, but there's huge right now um, differences in deals going on, like How so? in terms of what is being given by landlords, by the owners, like um, there's variations, like, cause this is an unknown time. And some people are saying, well, maybe I just waited out cause I don't want to give this kind of rate now, um, which I think would be a mistake, but yeah, I mean it's all it's all the market and location. So if the building's in a good location and you can do something, that's exactly what I'm doing with this this deal with. It's in the right location. The parking isn't great. You want about a three to one ratio for doctors or more, probably five to one. So parking is usually a big thing. You got to look at that. It'll never be as perfect as a leased space location. Usually, like when you can lease a space, that's because people know it's prime location. And you can pay, but then there's a lease buy thing for doctors or if they're buying something, then they're going to have to look at, okay, well, if I want to sell this, is a doctor going to come in and want my built out condo and buy my practice? Cause they might get nothing for it. Meanwhile, if they have a lease, they can sell their practice that has value a couple of years before lease expiration, do that whole de dental or uh, dental and medical transition sale of their practice, make money um, that way. So 
just a lot of different variables. That's why we kind of separate them out, uh, leasing and practice transitions. Interesting. There's so much to it. Now, one of the things you mentioned about parking, like three to one versus five to one, what are the numbers correspond to there? Like parking spots per... Yeah, parking spots per per person, kind of like, because if an office has... (laughs) So one thing they'll say, well, we have eight people in our office. Where are they going to park? if there's not enough parking. And of course, like anything, you don't, you're never going to have like a full parking lot, but you want like a ratio to square foot of the kind of like, so there, there's enough parking. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, it, it's obvious. It seems very obvious to me that these are good long-term type of plays. I mean, I know a number of people, especially higher income professionals who aren't necessarily doctors who invest in medical offices and then, you know, lease them back out or things like that. And I have a few friends who have either sold a practice or, you know, that's kind of their long-term vision as doctors. And it seems like there is a a pretty good um, opportunity here, but you really have to know, you know, what you're looking for if you want. I mean, I think so. We, we look at what the deal could be for them. Of course, we're going to forecast what the deal could be if they buy the building, they get it leased up to a certain percentage. Cause I don't know if your listeners, if they're really savvy, but you can't just buy an empty building. Uh, if you buy an empty building, you need to have commitments into that building, at least like 60%, 50%. I mean, it all depends. But you got to be able to get a loan. And if you just want to buy a building, that's dangerous. So even if it wasn't medical, you know, what's unless you're getting a deal and you can pay cash, a lot of things come into play in that sense. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, words to live by right now. We're going to take a break for our sponsor. All right, Brian, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I don't know. I'm going to try. All right. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? The best investment I ever made, I've made a lot of question. Well, I got my MBA, but that's education. Uh, my my place I'm about to sell, we're not going to go there because I bought that uh, to sell recently. So I think the investment I made probably in my health, to be honest, because I've done an Ironman triathlon. I invested time uh, doing some volunteer work with veterans. And uh, I think mindset is the most important thing. So doing an Ironman was pretty expensive. But at the same time, it got me, you know, got me after the military, got my mind uh, focused right. Like, that's kind of who I am is, you know, I want to be seen as the veteran because as you know, reputation is so important. I want people to like, you know, understand that that's, uh, that's part of who I am. So that health, no matter how much I pay for that is probably, uh, the most important thing. Yeah. Nice. I support that. I think not enough people, uh, invest in their own health, not just money, but time and time is money. So, right. you know, Absolutely. So we had the best investment. Now we go to the worst investment. What is the worst investment? You I don't know made? if I want this on record. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I've made, I've made, I would probably say, I'll just go with, well, I don't want to say an MBA necessarily. Of course, I just said that. Um <laughs> 
but I, I really, really believe in the more learning, continued learning. Um, so I won't say that that's the worst, but I will say that with the worst recently, even though I love the place where it is, the location, uh, I thought I was going to work in New York. I, I found a co-op, priced right, family friend. Um, and of course, it's a co-op. So there's a lot of restrictions on that. Paid a lot of cash up front and haven't been there in a year and have not been able to. Um, well, actually, I do have an offer on it now. But at the same time, I would not invest in a co-op. I would invest in a condo because you don't have the restrictions you have. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's the most recent one, I would, I would say. Good to know. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? I think it's just picking your picking your path and staying laser focused on whatever that one thing is, like see it through to the end, whatever investment or something you're looking at, just don't uh, just make sure you know what you're doing and stay on the path and um, do your due diligence and have like some kind of framework um, that you can work off of so that you don't make, uh, you know, investments that that later on um, you don't want. Nice. I like it. Well, Brian, thank you for joining us and teaching us a bit about medical office investing today. If folks want to get in touch, if they want to learn more about what you have going on, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me uh, on LinkedIn if you type in uh, Brian Perry Veteran, or you can go to uh, www.hprg, that's healthprorealtygroup.com, um, and learn more about kind of what we do. But yes, LinkedIn's my, my main thing, and then we can connect there. Awesome. Well, thanks once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated, and it helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thanks for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.